When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. the nothing personal word of the day it is our third anniversary thank you very much for all of your support we have loved coming to you every day talking about sports business culture entertainment politics we have moved the needle we have made the difference and it's you who have done it we're just along for the ride coming up with things to talk about that interest you and we're going to keep going because why wouldn't we what i'd like you all to do in honor of our anniversary we want to give you a gift So we're going to give some memorabilia away, but we're going to give it away to the YouTube subscribers. So please go to the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. We got to get to 10,000. Not sure why we're not higher. It's very hard to build. I mean, but we should certainly be at 10,000. Get to 10,000. We're going to do something to reward several of our subscribers. We have a way of doing a random draw, but please subscribe. Nothing personal with David Sampson. Every single day. Matthew Coke has been here since day one. You've seen his face on episode 500. You know exactly what he does. Thank you, Matthew Coca. You know what I do. You know what you do. You listen. You communicate on Twitter at David P. Sampson. You ask questions. We answer them. We have words of the day and movie reviews and wait to sees and picks of the day where we make you money. We're doing stuff. And let's get right to it because this show is jam-packed. Every week so far, don't know how long that's going to last, but every week I go on Levitard and we, on the local hour, and we talk about a bunch of funny nonsense. Yesterday we did a donut talk because during the show of Nothing Personal, Coca's yelling in my ear. I don't know if you watched or listened to yesterday's show, but please download it and watch it. But the Daniel Snyder bombshell report broke that he wants to bring down all the other owners. He then denied it through spokespeople. Everybody is calm as a cucumber, but there was a commander's game last night. And the question was, how will Amazon deal with this issue? The NFL issue, the Daniel Snyder issue, the Washington commander's issue. And I said, Al Michaels is not going to talk about this. The NFL does not want Al Michaels talking about this. Amazon does not want to draw attention to the absolute insanity that is the commander's franchise but al michaels did mention it 
It was touched on on the pregame, not by Al Michaels. And then during the game, which was another clunker for Amazon, I wonder whether Jeff Bezos, and for all of you who are curious, Jeff Bezos is not involved in whether or not Al Michaels is talking about the Daniel Snyder situation. Jeff Bezos has about 10 layers below him that is going to start, that does and will deal with those things. All of that said, what's fascinating is that many people on social media said to themselves, well, this is great for Jeff Bezos because he wants to buy a team. Why doesn't he just buy the commanders? And yes, he wants to buy a team. No, it's not a conflict of interest if he owns Amazon or is the largest shareholder of Amazon and they're a league rights holder. All he will have to do is separate out the decision-making. He will not have any power when it comes to Amazon's broadcast. That is no problem at all. Not a conflict of interest. But last night, Al Michaels had nothing to do because the game was so crappy, but to talk about Daniel Snyder. But he didn't do it in a way that's meaningful, so I don't feel like I lost the bet. Lebetard and I were texting at five in the morning trying to figure out who won the bet, who lost the bet, and we were laughing at the fact that we're up at five in the morning doing this. Who does this? So Al Michaels just said, my feeling is the league would like Snyder to sell the team. Do you think the NFL called up Al Michaels and the producer and said, listen, we haven't been able to successfully get Snyder to sell. I think that if on the broadcast, you, Al Michaels, the man of great gravitas, if you say that the NFL wants Snyder to sell, and you say that it's been a major problem dealing with Snyder, that Snyder and his people will watch the game, and Danny Boyle say, boom, I'm selling. GMAB, Dan Snyder is not doing anything. Oh, Danny boy. What song is that, Coca? I've been singing that all night. And it's a, there's a chorus. And you're never going to tat me down. Oh, Danny boy. That's Danny Snyder. There, I think he wrote the song or recorded the song. I can't remember which, but his future in the NFL is not tied to commander's performance on the field. It's not tied to whether or not he's called out on Amazon. It's not tied to the ESPN bombshell article. His future on the field is tied to 24 National Football League owners. That's it. Not about having dirt on Goodell or Jerry Jones or any of it. 24 men, and it is men, 24 men are controlling the destiny of Daniel Snyder. And the story remains the same. They don't want to be kicked out of their own teams. So when they kick another owner out, they have to have a reason that differentiates the commander's situation from their situation. So it can't be that he is a scumbag. That's not going to do it. Stealing money from other teams, you got yourself a possible buttress. How about another one? Hiring a private investigator to get information on me? Nope, that's not a buttress. Hmm. How about sexual harassment, workplace misconduct? Nope, that's not a buttress. The only way that you can get like Notre Dame, the cathedral in Paris, where the buttresses sort of hold up the, the cathedral, and that's what you're doing when you're putting an argument together. You're trying to make sure it holds up from both ends because if you only have one side, then it's going to crumple and not hold up. So you need it from both sides. You've got stealing from owners and 
the public relations on your side. Now that may not seem to you like enough of a buttress, but that provides the cover for the original claim, the original buttress. Right now, the media, the public, the fans, the broadcasters, it's an interesting story. But there is not the type of outcry that existed with Robert Sarver or Donald Sterling. There needs to be something that happens and it's not about his business partners saying, you better change the name from Redskins to Commanders. It's not about, hey, I don't wanna be your limited partner anymore. None of that matters. Do you remember what was the tipping point for Robert Sarver? When there was no path back. Daniel Snyder is the type of person who always sees a path back. And what we have to do is show him there is no such path and then complemented with the reality that he is going to be charged with stealing money. Put those two together and he may sell the team. All the rest, it's a whole lot of noise. The commanders just continue to be a dumpster fire and the NFL is just holding their nose, rolling their eyes and trying to figure out why they're even scheduling them for primetime games. They should just be the fifth game of the one o'clock slate every single day. When Ron Rivera loses his mind, that is interesting. And Ron Rivera... Oh, there are. Thank you. I do have a correction. It is not 32 men. I forgot about our favorite, Gail Benson. I forgot about Gail Benson, the ones who supports the church with all the pedophiles. She's one. Also, I forgot you have Detroit, you have Tennessee. Wow, there's been some some changes and some deaths. And I for, Jody Allen of Seattle doesn't count, Coca. She is the control person, but it's owned by a trust. But I'm okay. So five out of 32, let's say they're women. I'm okay with that. They are. So 27 men and five women. You can sort of mix that in if you want back in the beginning. Ron Rivera, when he was hired for the commanders, was the guy. They put him out. This is a new day. We are diverse. He's in charge. We brought in Jason Wright as the president. He's diverse. He's in charge. Turns out none of it's the case. Ron Rivera was questioned, his integrity impugned, his power dissipated by a report that Dan Snyder is the one who wanted Carson Wentz and not Ron Rivera. Dan Snyder called up Ron Rivera and said, listen here, coach, you better make it very clear that you wanted the player, not me, because I'm not supposed to be running the team. So Ron Rivera stands up and says, this is complete BS. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'm your captain now. I chose Ron. Uh, not damn it. Three, six, nine. I'm the one who chose Carson Wentz. My name is Ron Rivera and I run this team. Daniel Snyder is not a part of the operation of the team. He doesn't meddle. He is the greatest owner ever to work for. Meanwhile, in other news, is Daniel Snyder running the team or is he not? He's supposed to be running the foundation while Tanya runs the team. And we told you on myriad episodes of Nothing Personal that of course Daniel Snyder's running the team, making every single decision and that his suspension was an absolute joke. Yesterday, his lawyers actually came out and said, oh yeah, that restriction ended. He's definitely running the operations of the team. Hmm. 
I don't really recall the NFL announcing that, do you? Hey, Roger, quick question. Shouldn't you announce that Daniel Snyder is now eligible to run the Commanders before Daniel Snyder announces that he's again running the Commanders? Or by not announcing it, are you proving that your initial punishment was absolutely paper thin? How many more messes can the commanders have? They sit at home and they say a prayer. Say a little prayer for me. Could, could Deshaun Watson please do something? Somebody. Could someone have some sort of scandal? Anybody. Please. Ding, ding, ding. Deshaun Watson to the rescue. That guy's unreal, isn't he? Another lawsuit got filed yesterday against Deshaun Watson. Roger Goodell, you know, he gets paid a lot of money. But my God, does he have service. I wonder whether he stays up at night the way I stay up at night with my level of service, which is like 2% of his level. Another woman filed a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson, claiming that she agreed to do oral sex in return for not having to do regular intercourse. I don't know if that's the word. It's not regular or irregular. I don't actually know how to describe it. Look at me, Booma. I don't even know what category it would be. And the woman was very uncomfortable and is now suing. Now, Watson, in 2020, was still with the Texans. And here is the biggest part of this story. Not that this woman has a different lawyer than the other 60 women, she didn't hire Tony Busby, but that's noteworthy. What's interesting to me is when Deshaun Watson, the NFL and the NFL Players Association made an agreement for his 11 game punishment or 12 game punishment that ends in week 13. There is a document that gets signed that has not been released. I have not seen it. I don't know what's in it. But when you do a settlement agreement, inside a settlement agreement are representations and warranties. A representation is when you say everything that I have told you up to this date is true and there is nothing about the subjects contained herein that I have not disclosed to you. A warranty is when you warrant something that will be the case, that is the case when you give them numbers of a deal, let's say of a broadcast deal or of your season ticket numbers, whatever the case is when you're selling a team or buying a team. Just for your purposes, from a non-legal standpoint, when you sign a document, just make sure that the other person who's signing has all the information. Because if you're not telling them something, then you can get in trouble. Did Deshaun Watson point out every time he did a slide into someone's Instagram and get a massage? Did he have a list? Did he remember every incident? Hey, on October 14th, I went to blank. On October 12th, I had this at the Houstonian. I had that on the road. I had this, I had that. Did the NFL not know about this woman and this latest incident? Did the independent arbitrator, <laughs> not independent, nor an arbitrator, did the independent person know about this situation or not? Deshaun Watson walked into the Cleveland Browns facility this week because he's allowed to be back in the facility. He hasn't been around the team since the season started until now. 
as he prepares to serve out the rest of his suspension. Is the media going to give him a break? Are they going to ask him any questions? Is he going to be made available to the media? If he's got any advisors at all, he should keep his yapper closed. But the NFL cannot ignore this last lawsuit. I want answers. I need Roger Goodell or a spokesman to stand up and say, we were aware of this. This was part of the agreement when we did his punishment. Or this is brand new information. We are going back to reopen this settlement because we believe he should be suspended for more. How about some accountability? How many more women are out there who want to come forward? Is Deshaun Watson continuing to do the behavior when he promised he would not? If he promised he would not engage in any massages outside of team-sanctioned massages, he did this before he signed that agreement, but is he still doing this? Did he promise he wouldn't? Do we know for sure he hasn't? The only reason Deshaun Watson is getting one ounce of oxygen on our third anniversary show is in the hopes that Roger Goodell stands up and says, I know the best way to have people forget about Danny Boy, and we're going to start making an example out of someone who continues to show behavior that we have got to let our fan base know is unacceptable. The NFL has an opportunity almost every week to show the fans what's acceptable and what's unacceptable, and every week they make the wrong decision. Every week they go on the side of money, they go on the side of gambling, of fantasy. They don't go on the side of what's right. When it comes to player health, when it comes to fan health, when it comes to protecting people from players, protecting players from people. Just yesterday, we did a show about another player, Devontae Adams, charged with pushing a photographer. Every single day, it seems like there's something with the NFL I wonder whether it's time for Roger to stand up and actually address some of these things. MLB loves this. We used to sit around, and this is serious and literal. We would sit around and look at, there was a publication, uh, there is the Sports Business Daily, Sports Business Journal. There's uh, all of these services where you get your clippings. So you get articles from different papers and different online websites. And you're able to read what's going on in different markets. And we would sit around and we would write down all the bad things that are going on with the NFL and the hope that it would all happen during October so that people would focus on the playoffs in baseball. It's amazing what people do when they're craving attention. When you're a kid, that manifests itself with bad behavior, right? You want any sort of attention from your parents, your teachers, your friends, so you become the class clown. Or you start acting out because negative attention is better than no attention at all. That's another thing that's come up on many shows where I tell you, I just don't want apathy. If you want to hate the Marlins and hate me, at least you're feeling something. Don't want apathy. So... Baseball has this incredible desire for attention. October is the time when the attention can be the most positive. The playoffs have started. We are halfway through October. We're going to be in the league championship series no later than Monday. We'll know who all the teams are. Today's already 
Friday, so it's coming soon. Are you paying attention to Jordan Alvarez? Because you better be. Jordan Alvarez plays for the Houston, I was going to say Houston Rockets, plays for the Houston Astros. But I'm not going to talk to you about what he's done on the field. I want to mention something that drives me a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I will acknowledge today, I wouldn't have acknowledged it 10 years ago when I was working as president of the Marlins, but I will acknowledge today that back then I read and saw everything that was written about me and about the team. I told you I ignored it. I may have, I may not have, but I wanted things written accurately. And one of the narratives that I always wanted to change and that I could never change is that the Marlins are the farm system for the rest of the league, which is what was said when I was with the Expos. The Expos are the farm system for the rest of the league. And my answer always was, there are 30 clubs in Major League Baseball, and all 30 have players playing on other teams who used to be in their organization. Did you know that Jordan Alvarez used to be a Los Angeles Dodger? And he was traded from the Dodgers to the Astros for Josh Fields in 2016. Who's Josh Fields? I have no idea. Who cares? The point is, the Dodgers, the brilliant Dodgers, Andrew Friedman, the executive of the year, Hall of Fame executive. Do you think that he looks back and says, man, thank God I got Josh Fields. He looks back and says, I lost that one. Every president and every GM has lost a trade. Everybody has traded away a young player who turns out to be good for another team. Not just the Marlins, not just the Expos, not just your favorite team, not just Bob Nutting and the Pirates. Every team has done it. The almighty Dodgers could have had Jordan Alvarez at first base. Now, how would that have changed life? Interesting. Guess what? Freddie Freeman wouldn't be a Dodger today. Matt Olson likely wouldn't be a Brave because Freddie Freeman would have been resigned. When you are trying to figure out your team, when you are trying to evaluate the front office of your team, try to keep in mind, if you don't mind, that's too many minds. Try to remember that everybody else is saying the same thing you are. So the example I give is, have I, have I given you the minor league example, Coca? when minor leaguers get to the minor leagues, just like when people get to college. I don't know if I have, but I'm gonna do it quickly for you because this is an important perspective. When you go to school and you feel overwhelmed, you should just know that everybody's looking at you and they're just as overwhelmed as you are. When minor leaguers come from high school and they go to the minor leagues, they are overwhelmed, just as though you are. They look at someone throwing 97 and say, I'm not good enough to hit that. The, 90, the guys who throw 97 look at the hitters who are hitting home runs 500 feet and say, I'm not good enough to get that out. We always look at things in our lives, in our work, in our family, in our relationships. We always look at things from our perspective only, not thinking about how people are viewing us. When you are criticizing your owner, or your GM, just know this, every team is doing exactly 
what your team's doing every time. Jordan Alvarez is an interesting situation. He's one of the players he came from. He was a, a Cuban player. He had to get citizenship. We do this. We It's so terrible what we do in baseball. We have different rules for Cuban players versus Dominican versus U.S. versus Haiti. So what we do is we encourage players from Cuba, even though we say we don't, hey, get on the raft, try to escape, establish citizenship somewhere else, and then you can become eligible to sign. But we, we're not going to sign you if you're from Cuba. So if you don't mind, endanger your life, pay off a bunch of people, and then possibly almost get murdered or drowned, and then get over to a different country. And then we'll bring you into our organization at 16 years old. It's complete insanity, but those are the rules. That's what we do. There is a team, there was a, uh, a tweet that I saw that I thought was amazing. And it had the breakdown of each of the remaining playoff teams and how they acquired their players, whether it was through free agency, whether it was through the amateur draft, international draft, whether it was um, trade and the breakdown. The Astros have a huge number of international players. So from Altuve to Gurriel to Alvarez, and what they do is they have connections and they have good relationships with people who direct their players to their organizations. It really is about that when it comes to many of these foreign-born players. There's a guy named Carlos Rosas. Rosas, I assume is pronounced Carlos Rosas. And he is someone who basically helps players be in a position where they can sign. And then... He helps families be in a position where they can get to the U.S. and watch their children play and possibly stay in the United States. Do you remember back with Jose Fernandez, his grandmother had never seen him play live and Jeffrey Loria found a way to get his grandmother, Abuela, to Miami. We actually filmed it. You can go back and find that somewhere else. There is a crazy thing that we make families do, we as a country. So Jordan Alvarez's parents, when he hits the home runs, they show the dad, he's wearing how proud he is and how he gets a chance to see him for the first time in the playoffs. And I don't think that we focus enough on what these families go through. So the Alvarez family probably had to go from Cuba and they wouldn't be able to come straight to the US, but let's say this guy Rosas helps him go from Cuba, then he gets some, hold on one second. Hey, I'm literally recording the show. It's our 30 year anniversary, so I'll call you when I'm done, okay? <laughs> Thank you. That's Jerry from UTA, who's been with us from day one as the agent for me and for Coke and for nothing personal, wishing us a happy anniversary. I'm in the middle of a show, God damn it. Okay, let's, ready? How does he not know? Just on a side note, Jerry, I record at the same time every day. Were you trying to get on the show? Or did you not look at your watch? Or were you looking at the emails that I fired off to you at 6 a.m. this morning when I was frustrated and could sleep and Coke and I were doing work? <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Everything we've accomplished is because of you. Hell yeah. I'm never leaving you. You're stuck with me. Love you, Jerry. Nothing but love. Where were we, Coca? Ah, how hard it is to get families over and the craziness that we, that we make them go through, both as a country and also as a league and as a sport. So he had to go to the Dominican Republic, to Mexico, and then Houston, all in a visitor's visa. And that's what Alvarez's family had to go through. It's quite a process. And I, I think that 
one of the things that I ignored as team president, a little detour here, I didn't focus at all on player families. It didn't matter to me. And the players who came over from the Dominican, and we had plenty of Dominican players, plenty of Venezuelan players, Miguel Cabrera and I, the number of times that I spoke to Miguel Cabrera about his family, hold on, wait for it, zero. Luis Castillo, zero. Jose Fernandez, only because it was the story of him getting over and him almost drowning and him going to prison. It just didn't interest me. God, that makes me sound so horrible. But that's what it was. It didn't matter whether the players' families were watching him play. It only mattered what they were doing on the field. It only mattered that they were focusing on what they needed to do on the field. And any sort of distraction was just something I didn't want any part of. I didn't want players to ever be distracted. And looking back on it, it's totally absurd. Of course they're going to be distracted if their families are uncertain and don't know where they are and can't watch them. Who doesn't want to play sports in front of their parents? No matter how old you are, no matter what level you're at. Have you ever gone to a Little League game and paid attention to all of the kids looking at their parents, looking for approval? High school games? I see it at pro games. But it never occurred to me that the foreign-born players would need any sort of help. Wow, this is a tough sort of epiphany I'm having, Coca. I didn't think the show was going to go this way. This was not in the plan. But I never gave any, any weight to foreign-born players and their family situations. That's disappointing. Just one of many things. All right, let's take a break, Coca. When we come back, I'm reviewing an unreal documentary that one of you asked me to watch, and then we're going to talk about Carlos Correa and why certain people have the wrong information. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off 
at MVMT.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's the third anniversary show. If you just started listening, thank you. If you've been listening for three years, thank you. But go to Nothing Personal with David Sampson. It's a YouTube channel. You can search NPDS or Nothing Personal. Go to the channel and subscribe. When we get to 10,000 subscribers on our way to a million, because we're going to get there, we're not going to quit till we get there. And then we still won't quit. We're going to keep going. You're stuck with us. Yes, you are. But we're going to do a giveaway. So go to YouTube, be a subscriber, and then somehow we know who all the subscribers are. Coca does, I don't. And then we're gonna do a num number randomizer, and we're gonna give away some cool memorabilia. But you have to be a subscriber to the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Go now, hit pause and just do it now. Unless you're watching right now, I wore the special red coat today. How many of you know me well that I wore this special outfit for our third anniversary show? Coca, do you think I did that? I have no audience in front of me. I'm talking to a freaking camera. Hello out there. Do you know why I'm wearing this jacket? Yep, because it was next up. Today's Friday. It's the Friday jacket. Although next time it could end up being the Tuesday jacket. That's how I dress. The, the blazer that's on the left of my closet matched with the shirt that's on the left of my closet. And then at the end of every recording day, I put the blazer on the right side of my closet, move every blazer down, and I put the shirt I wore in the dry cleaning bag. And then when it comes back, I put it on the right side and move all the other shirts down. So no, this is not a special outfit. I watched a documentary. I love all of your recommendations. I have on my phone and I do it. I write down on a list every single recommendation that I get. I have not been able to get to all of them because the list is way bigger than 24 hours in a day. I guess if I didn't do a show, maybe we could do that to, uh, as a promotional thing, Coca, is we don't do a show for a week and I try to do 24 hours a day of catching up on movies but I allow myself maybe two hours of sleep every other day, but the rest of the time I'm watching, if we took a week off and I did that, I could get through the whole list, maybe. Probably not though, because some of you suggested series. Like one of you said, hey, have you seen Better Call Saul yet? No, I have not. That would take up the entire week, I would suspect. So one of you said, go on Apple Network and watch the Harpo production, which is the Oprah Winfrey company, of a something called Sydney. So I did. In an hour and 52 minutes, I learned about Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier, I thought, was the actor, the first black actor to win an Academy Award. I thought he was the guy from Sneakers. And I knew that he had some level of importance, but I am here to show you all of my vulnerabilities. I was not aware of the role he played in the civil rights movement. I was not aware of what he did for black actors and black people in production in Hollywood at a time when it was all white. And if you wanted to be on screen and black, then you were doing things that were less than ideal. But Sidney Poitier changed all that. During the course of this documentary, you hear from him. He has passed away now. But you also hear from Spike Lee. You hear from, from Harry Belafonte. You hear from Oprah Winfrey. You hear from people whose lives were changed by Sidney Poitier. 
I appreciate that you asked me to watch this movie, but it got me thinking about something else, and I strongly suggest it. It's why I'm liking documentaries more and more, because I'm learning things that I feel badly I didn't know. And I need to work on that, because every day of my life, there will be more that I don't know than I do know. So I'm, if I'm going to be upset with myself for not knowing something and feel guilty about it, that's a terrible way to go through life. And it makes me feel uncomfortable and gives me a tummy ache. So I think what I'm trying to do now is acknowledge that there are so many things I don't know and even do a better job of managing my time, maximizing my time and learning as much as I can through reading and through watching shows. Learning about Sidney Poitier is the best use of 112 minutes of your time that I can think of. So go to Apple TV Plus and watch it. You will not be disappointed. Okay. Do you remember last year there was a big thing with Scott Boras? He had a client named Carlos Correa. Should we get a get? Let's try to get Scott on the show. Maybe a Samson sit down. It will be a cold day in heaven. Wait, a hot day in hell. Wait, what's the expression? Oh, four, six, nine. It will be a cold day in hell when Scott comes on this show. He's way too afraid. Maybe we'll do a panel of me, Scott, and Passon and see if the three of us can do a show together. They're too scared. One of Scott Boris's clients is Carlos Correa. He promised Carlos Correa a huge deal as being the shortstop of the shortstop class. Corey Seager got 300 million. Marcus Simeon got 100 plus million from the Rangers. Nice job, Texas. Not. Trevor Story got a huge deal from Boston. How did that go? Eh, not great. Javi Baez single-handedly bringing down the Tigers. Correa could not get the deal he wanted. So Scott Boris did what he always does. Go short, young man. I'll take care of you next year. And the Minnesota Twins were only too happy, too happy to do it for him. He signed a three-year, $105 million deal with Minnesota going into this year. But it wasn't a three-year deal. It wasn't a $105 million deal unless Correa wanted it to be. It was a one-year deal because he has opt-outs after each year. And I told you back then, opt-outs do nothing for the team. They are a sword that is used by players who, if they can get more, will leave you in a heartbeat. If they can't get more, you're stuck with them and you're angry that you're overpaying them. Carlos Correa has opted out after saying, oh, I'd like to be in Minnesota. Remember, we did a show. We did a segment on that like a month ago or two weeks ago. We had this crazy quote, I'd like to be in Minnesota, but it takes two to dance or, what was it, two to tango? No, I think someone else said it takes two to tango. He said, I can't control, oh, if you want the best cheese in the house, you have to go to the best deli. It was some sort of ridiculous Scott Boris-like quote that Correa said. Well, he's now opted out. And guess what the Minnesota Twins are doing in the front office? They're celebrating Scotty boy because with Carlos Correa, how did the twins do? Was it worth it? 
Do you think maybe that the Astros are just fine with Pena having let Correa go? Do you think the teams don't realize that the players that you put on their teams who are so overpaid and those teams don't win, that owners are finally going to get smart and stop taking your players? Do you not realize that Carlos Correa is not going to get a deal with an average annual value where you want him to be? It's not going to happen. So was he going to do another one-year pillow deal? which totally goes against what I've always learned over the years, which is the only way players opt out is if they have another deal ready. And that's the case for every player in baseball, except for Boris players, because they somehow believe his crap and his lies. Oh, I got you covered. We got five teams interested. I guarantee it. I'm not sure there is another agent who operates in the way Boris does and gets more players to drink a Kool-Aid in a way that makes those players suffer in the long run. But Carlos Correa has opted out and the Minnesota Twins are damn happy about it. How was that deal for you, Minnesota? You happy you got him? I agree. I would be happy too. A one-year flyer? Bingo. We'll see what happens there. Look at all these shortstops. Correa, 35 million bucks. Coca, are you trying, why are you in my ear? Are you telling me that Correa is the highest paid shortstop in terms of average annual value? Because he got 35 million and Seager got 33 million and Lindor got 34. So would, do you think that Lindor says I'd rather be Correa? Lindor has a $340 million guaranteed contract. Seager has a $325 million guaranteed contract. I think that Correa would rather be them. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be one heck of of an off-season of free agent signings again. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. Did you take the Astros? Were you concerned? I was not concerned at all. We're a winner. 118 and 91 is our record. 27 games over 500. I don't have the count, but Coca keeps count. We're winning money this year. So I've got three picks for you. Let's start with today. We've got three games, but I'm only going with the Dodgers game. Everyone is all excited. The first game in San Diego, hip, hip, hooray. They haven't had a playoff game since 06. It's going to be rocking. There's going to be no Dodger fans at all because they stopped them from buying tickets. I can't wait to watch this game. And when the Dodgers do something good, I expect to hear zero cheers. Zero. When the Padres do something good, it's going to be mayhem. Wait to see. Not an official wait to see. Do you like the wait to sees? We keep track of every single wait to see that we've done over the three years. We have a, some that are still open, some that are still pending. We get some right and some wrong. Tony Gonsolin is pitching. He of the forearm strain. I don't like that. But he's pitching against Blake Snell. He of the, I'm not good. I'm overrated. But I had a few good starts in a row. So everyone is all in on the Padres taking a 2-1 lead over the Dodgers tonight. Uh, no. Dodgers over Padres. And then tomorrow, the Houston Astros will go to the LCS for the sixth straight year. Garbage can, no garbage can. You can love Jim Crane or not. You can be upset with what they did in 17. You can be the Yankees and have sour gripes saying without them cheating, we would have been to the World Series. We should have won this series or that series. The sustained winning that the Astros have had makes them the author 
of the greatest rebuild in sports team history. And this is not recency bias. What the Astros did when they lost 100 games in a row for three years in a row, when they tore it down and they were the simply the worst, what they've been able to do this level of sustained winning, it's historic. Congratulations to the Astros. Believe me, you just got caught. We're all doing what you were doing, but boy, do you do it better. The Astros have a third starter. Forget Verlander, forget Valdez, who would be a number one on 20 of the teams. Their third starter, Lance McCullers, will be a number one on 10 of the teams. That type of pitching depth matters. The Astros over the Mariners. It's exciting that the Mariners got this far, but their season will come to an end tomorrow. They have nothing to hang their heads about. They made it. They beat the Blue Jays, and they have a young team that will be back. They have an electric young player in Julio Rodriguez who signed to that long-term deal. What a specimen he is. But the Astros are just too deep and too good. So Saturday, we are taking the Astros over the Mariners. And then Sunday, we've got baseball, but i got to focus on a football game if you don't mind. The Chiefs are playing the Bills on Sunday, and I've been thinking about this. You got Patrick Mahomes going against Josh Allen. This is a huge game. And it's a huge game because it counts not just for one game in the standings, but two games in the standings. And why I say that is if let's pretend both teams are zero and zero and the Bills win, they're one and oh, the Chiefs lose their 0 and one. Well, the next week they're tied if the Chiefs lose and the Bills win. But in order to have home field advantage, you're going to want to have a better record. So it's like a two-game swing. The Chiefs are getting two and a half points. The Bills are a better team, but I'm taking the two and a half points. I'd always rather take because then the Chiefs winning by a field goal, I'm a winner. And if the Bills win the game, they win the game. But I understand the two and a half point spread. I'm taking the points. There's something about Patrick Mahomes I have a hard time going against them. And they have a hard time covering. They really do. But this game, Chiefs plus two and a half over the Bills. So as October continues and the baseball season comes to an end, what happens in front offices, the ones who are not in the playoffs or the ones who get eliminated, they are very much focused on next year. They're putting their coaching staff together. If there's an opening and manager, they're hiring their manager. They're doing interviews right now. The Mets, who just got eliminated, the Padres eliminated them. It's got to be only a few days ago. What day is today? Friday. So what day, Coco, were your Mets eliminated? Monday night, Sunday night, Saturday night, Tuesday night, Sunday night. Oh, of course, Sunday night. I was in the middle of the night watching that game. Oh, they got one hit. How long ago does that feel that the Mets were eliminated? Well, right now, the Mets are trying to figure out what they're going to do. And Steve Cohn wants to hire a president of baseball operations to go above Billy Epler, as he should. The best executive available in his mind is Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein is someone who works for the commissioner's office now. He's a Hall of Fame executive who got a World Series ring with the Red Sox and the Cubs. He broke those two curses. He is the most sought-after executive regardless of what he wants to do, commissioner, not commissioner. We told you when Steve Cohn bought the team that Theo was going to get an ownership piece and was going to run the baseball operations of the New York Mets. 
And that was the natural next step for Theo was getting a piece and getting full autonomy. He's now had a year for Steve Cohn to realize that the people he has in charge aren't good enough, that his ideas aren't good enough. And if he wants to make his promise come true, which is a World Series within three to five years for the Mets, which is New Yorkers talking about the Mets, not the Yankees, which is taking over New York and say what you will, and he can deny it all he wants, and the Yankees can deny it all they want. The competition between the Yankees and Mets is real. If Steve Cohn wants to be the Dodgers East, or he wants to be the team of New York, he's gotta get someone who can do the job, not him. Is Theo that guy? There's rumors everywhere that Theo's breaking bread with Steve, talking business having agents speak to each other, having lawyers drop documents with ownership percentages. I don't have any sources. I don't have any knowledge. What I do have is a wait to see. We're ending our three-year anniversary episode by looking back at something I told you, and I'm saying it again. I'm saying it again. Theo Epstein will work for the New York Mets as their president of baseball operations, and he will get a piece of the team, and he will negotiate an oversized comp deal because Steve Cohn is so desperate, having been in the league and not had the type of success that he expected to have as quickly as he expected to have it. When you have the ability to write checks, when you have the ability to spend stupid money, when you have been told that there is a savior, that someone can change your path, what do you do? You latch on like a baby to a pacifier. And then you look to your fan base and you say, hey, it's just business. See you later, Yankees. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.